This is the Fertile Mindset Podcast, where we explore all the emotional aspects of fertility to support you on your path to parenthood. My name is Sarah Holland. I'm the Fertile Mindset Coach and a mother to two children after my own fertility challenges. I hope you find all the support and inspiration you need within this podcast to carry you forward on your fertility journey towards your own successful outcome. It's also my wish that through listening to these episodes, you rediscover how to enjoy life now and live it to the full while you wait for your baby. Now, let's begin today's episode. Hello and welcome back to the Fertile Mindset Podcast. I can't tell you how lovely it is to be back and it's been wonderful to see so many people join us for our first episode in this series. Now I have another conversation to share with you that I found fascinating. I'd spoken to Maria before on her amazing podcast, When Miracles Happen, and we had such a great conversation that it planted the seeds in my imagination for this podcast to be created. And here we are, on to our 74th episode now, and welcoming Dr. Maria Rothenberger, who is a fertility counsellor, coach, best-selling author, and intuitive. In this episode, you're going to hear both about her own path to parenthood and the journey this took her on, both in her own life and in the way she supports others in her work. I really love the perspective that Maria brought to the more spiritual and you could say woo-woo side of fertility from her science-based background and training, and I hope you love listening in too. Maria will also be joining us in my private membership group, the Fertile Mindset Sanctuary, to continue this interesting conversation. So if you are already a member, do look out for your invite to the live chat with Maria soon. And if you're not yet a member of the Sanctuary, do come over and join us. It's the best value fertility support membership available and gives you so much emotional support as well as access to exclusive members only events like this chat with Maria. Go to fertilemindset.com slash sanctuary to join us. Now, before we begin, I want to let you know that there is talk about suicidal thoughts in this episode. Please take care of yourself and choose not to listen if you would find this triggering. Hello, Maria. Welcome to my podcast. Lovely to have you here. How are you today? I'm so well. Thanks, Sarah, again for having me. This is so much fun. It's been forever. (laughs) <laughs> it really has yeah I think we were saying about three years ago three Something or so like years that. ago it's that definitely you pre-covid yeah yeah and you invited me to your amazing podcast which yes. was one of the many steps of kind of inspiration I had into creating this podcast which took a long time um but yeah it's it's been really lovely to to have that conversation with you and and imagine myself being the podcast host and here I am inviting you back so you are don't you love it <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. And yeah, I'm going to be really interested to talk to you um, about your work and about perhaps the different direction that it's gone in more recently and, mm-hmm. and how you're supporting people on their fertility journeys. Um, so yeah, before we get into all that stuff, did you want to just tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to be here working in the world of fertility? Sure. Well, as a lot of folks and not everybody, but a lot of folks, I have my own fertility journey. Um, I my husband and I tried to conceive for six and a half years 
and you know various um i i i tend to go you know like quote unquote natural route uh so i did a lot of chinese medicine acupuncture and herbs and these kinds of things a lot of movement like yoga um and when that didn't work we went into the western stuff um in in combination with other things ivf iui all the all the pretty acronyms are not so pretty yeah. <laughs> and um, still, you know, what, $45,000 later, um, I'm in the U.S., obviously, mm-hmm. uh, and no baby. And so I had a um, an awakening of sorts. I began to um, I began to break open really. I was quite distraught. I was quite depressed. I was even suicidal. I'm a mental health therapist. And so, um, that was distressing to me. It, this is the interesting part. It was distressing to me that it wasn't distressing to me. I would actually just be driving to work thinking about suicide. Mm. Um, and I was just curious about it as opposed to really upset about it. And so that's when I realized things needed to change. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole story is, is I wrote about in my book, Transcending Infertility and everything that it took, all the skills that I used to come out of that. And on the other side, I realized that I was actually happier than I had ever been. And that was before we became parents. Um, and I didn't really know why. So my, my analytical sciencey mind decided to do some research into that. And I discovered that what I was experiencing is called post-traumatic growth and just so many aspects of my life were better. A, A ton of aspects were better. My relationships were better. My, um, my beliefs about myself, my relationship with my husband, work was better. Just everything was better. Spirituality was better. And, um, and at that point I began to realize that I was perfectly fine without kids. My life was beautiful. I mean, from the tiniest things, I still remember sitting in uh, near the lavender bushes in my backyard, marveling at the bees flying around them. It was like Mm. (laughs) such a bad level everything became beauty. And so I had a talk with my husband and we decided to live child-free. I was planning on, you know, having 10 dogs and (laughs) having a large property. And, and then a couple of weeks later, he said, you know what? No, I really, I, I really need to be a dad. And because I was such in a Zen space, I was like, okay, cool. Let's move into the next thing, which happened to be adoption. And um, we are now the parents of two uh, little boys, not little anymore. Uh, (laughs) One's 12 and the other's nine, Um, both born in South Korea. And um, that is the, that is how we um, came to be parents. But I do feel like we resolved or I resolved my fertility issues prior to becoming a mom, if that makes any sense. I I felt just completely serene and happy even before we adopted our first son. Mm. So that is how I came to focus my work on fertility struggles, right? Because it's such a traumatic um, experience. And so I began wanting to support folks through the fertility journey uh, and through miscarriage and loss and and all that too. Um, so that's my, how I came to do this work 
in general. <laughs> what a story. What I love about that, I love when you talked about the curiosity that you had and how you were kind of observing yourself and the thoughts yeah. you were having and then concerned that you weren't worried about those thoughts and and the yeah. research that you did and and where it led you to and and that real connection with your life despite the fact that it wasn't going to plan it wasn't the way you believed it would be but yeah right. you're right that real kind of breaking open like true yeah. breaking open like to really discover what is at the center of us um, as opposed to what we right. believed we were I guess and what we believed our identity was that's right that's right or the way that things are quote supposed to go right yeah. like yeah. yeah yeah amazing and how I'm curious then afterwards as I'm also an adoptive mum and we had wow. one child that we conceived and then we adopted afterwards as well and very Yay. very consciously chose to adopt you know we didn't have IVF and we didn't go down um any kind of really invasive route we just thought this is taking longer let's stop let's switch to adoption and it just felt right to us and we had a lot of um a lot of questions especially from our adoption social worker would say I, mm. I don't understand you haven't done IVF and you just moved to adoption like I've never met mm. anybody before and she mm. was also a fertility counsellor and so we explained you know that it just felt right for us and and yes. we made that very conscious decision to move to adoption so how was it for you then to make that decision like we will have children now and we're going to adopt how how did that path go well I you know at that point I, the story is different for my husband than it is for me. He just always wanted to be a dad. Mm -hmm. um, but at that point for me, I was truly just, I, I'll tell you my biggest, the biggest skill that I, I just shout from the rooftops is meditation. Um, I know that sounds um, sort of, I don't know, cookie cutter at this point. It wasn't back then. It was you know, years ago, 15 years ago, it was a new, you know, new age hippie thing. Um, but I began meditating because I wanted, I was desperate um, to feel okay again. And I wanted, everything else didn't work. And I wanted to, I wanted to prove it wrong. <laughs> I wanted to prove meditation couldn't work for me. You know, I did all this you know, research and I'm like, this is bogus that is exactly <laughs> how I discovered well how I tried EFT I didn't oh. believe EFT would work and I was actually getting really angry with everyone that kept telling me that I should yeah. just tap on points on my face and I would suddenly yeah. be free of all my lifelong phobias and I thought that is ridiculous <laughs> so yeah the surprising thing happens doesn't it when you go in yes. with that attitude yeah <laughs> it does it does and so the result was that I was just pleased with my life as it was, no matter how it was. And so when my husband came to me and said, I actually want to switch gears and, and start, you know, trying to adopt, um, I was great. I was like, great. I, was, I just had so much resilience and I was able to shift and move and be fluid like water, just move with the flow of the river. And so I was fine, whatever he wanted to move forward with, I was fine. And I was passionate about it. I was passionate about life exactly how it was. Fantastic. Yeah. I got that kind of feeling from you when you, I could feel the contrast between the two halves of your journey and, and yeah. how that changed completely. Amazing. Yeah. So then was it after the, that whole experience that you moved into working with people with their own fertility issues? 
Yeah, it was after because you know just ethically one one should not um, work with folks after um, or during their own fertility journey, you know, because it's a little too. Um, you can't be as objective. So mm. I, you know, was a parent of, of my adoptive kiddo. Um, I just call him my son, obviously. He's <laughs> now a parent. Um, and so I felt completely resolved and happy. And then I was able to start working with folks in the in the fertility slash adoption world. Yeah. Yeah. And how did you step into that? What did you, what techniques and modalities did you use? Well, I was already a therapist. I was already a mental health therapist. So most of the work that I found um, helpful was (laughs) truthfully just having the language of fertility, right? Like all these acronyms, all these knowing how the, how the, uh, the fertility organs work, you know, just having this language and being a soft place to land for folks who mm-hmm. didn't have to explain to their therapist what was going on, why yeah. fertility is such a, you know, a hot point. Um, it's and so then, important, isn't it? Because it's like a yes, whole other language, a whole other really is. area of life that most people know nothing about, you know, the That's IUIs, right. the IVFs, the ICSs. People do not know what that stands for. And once, yeah, once you're in that world and you're going to seek support from someone, you want them to meet you at the same place, don't you? There's, I've, I've heard from people before saying, you know, I had to explain everything to my therapist. That's right. It was really hard work and I didn't want to go through it all again. And so, yeah, I think that just that knowledge That's part right. is so important. That's right. And I personally had a therapist who, who said to me, wow, that's so sad. I just look at my wife and she gets pregnant. Oh. <laughs> and I said, mm. you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> right. So to, to be that, that therapist who just knows the language and knows how hard it is without words not to say and yeah Mm -hmm. exactly meet you where you are yeah so you worked as a therapist and I'm sure gave you know wonderful support to the fertility community but I know things have have shifted for you over time that we've been talking about so yeah, yeah how how has your work evolved over those years well you know I intended to just continue doing therapy for you know until retirement um and then something happened. <laughs> I was doing therapy with somebody. Um, this is now eight, uh, excuse me, about 10 years ago. Um, I was working with somebody who had tragically lost her twins um, at, oh gosh, 22 weeks gestation, something like this, um, somewhere in the 20s, late um gestation and we were working with you know I was just doing traditional psychotherapy and um we were working on on grief and all of a sudden um I had an awareness that the souls of those babies were in the room they were present they were (laughs) I would say in my head but they were kind of floating outside and I was aware of them and they were talking to me and poking at me and prodding at me. You have to tell her we're here. You have to tell her we're here. So now naturally I'm a mental health therapist. I think I'm delusional. (laughs) I'm hallucinating. (laughs) I'm self-diagnosing in the middle of this Mm. session with somebody. Right. So I just completely ignore it. You know, I try to, they're very loud, but I'm ignoring it. Um, And I freak out after she leaves. Um, They're still there after she leaves. I don't, 
I didn't see her for another couple of weeks. They were present with me the entire time. They followed me home. They were in my car. They were um, messing with my, um, I was listening to podcast actually back then. Um, I was listening to a podcast called Flow Dreaming with uh, Summer McStravick and it was flipping between like episodes. It would play a few and then move to the next one. And I'm like, what is going on? I just thought it was an electronic glitch or something. I restarted it. I, you know, turned off my car even and turned it back on and it kept doing the same thing. And it finally landed on a part of the podcast where she says, get over yourself. (laughs) So I start laughing and I'm like, okay, is this actually happening? Sarah, I'm telling you for two weeks. I had this experience and, um, I, I didn't know what, what was going on. I've never had an experience like this before. I'm not somebody who has as a, since a, since childhood experienced talking with, you know, other beings or seeing angels or anything. So I didn't know what this was and I became quite anxious. Um, and it, it dawned on me that Sarah McStravick has a podcast where you can call into her show. Oh. So I did that. Wow. <laughs> said, she happens to be a psychic medium. Mm-hmm. And I called into her show and I said, what's going on here? I don't understand uh, I, this experience, blah, blah, blah. Well, she said to me that the likelihood of this happening is um, has increased because of two things. One, I began meditating years prior. And so my consciousness and my vibration has just raised so I can tap into other realms. And then um, she said that there was probably some history in my family of folks who could do this. And I'm like, no, there's no, that's not a thing. I've not had that. I've never talked to anybody in my family who's had that. She said, well, you know, ask. So I, my parents are divorced. They were divorced when I was three. So I asked them separately or tell them separately what's going on. And both of them say, oh yeah, that's, (laughs) that's something in our family. Yeah. Yeah. So both sides of my family have folks who've had experiences like this. My mother has prophetic dreams. I didn't know any of this. And so I I began just researching and, you know, that's my analytical brain. I want to know what's going on and how did this happen to me? And why did this start happening? And I sat on that. I sat on that information for eight years. Um, And then just like a lot of folks during COVID having these, these shifts in their existence and their experiences, that's when I decided, you know what? I think that this could actually be quite helpful for people. And so I decided to get some training on how to do this kind of work intentionally. Mm. And um, I am now a spirit baby communicator. And I've been doing this for um, more than two years now, intentionally, and with some training behind me now. And it has been one of the most miraculous, amazing things. I I mean, I just feel that I'm not doing it. I feel that it's all just coming through me like I'm a vessel Mm -hmm. and babies are able to communicate with their intended parents and vice versa. And it's been, I mean, wild. It's just been completely wild and wonderful. Amazing. Wow. So 
gosh, I, I'm just trying to get my head around the whole experience for you. Right. It must have been like, <laughs> um, especially, yeah, when you don't have any background with that or understanding of it and how terrifying that must have been in the moment and not knowing what to do with this. So it's a good word. But yeah, knowing your we already say you know how you were curious and, and wanting to research yes. things I can imagine having the training now um, and yeah. having that kind of framework and and guidance and and yeah show you that this is a real thing and this is you know what can be expected and so on I don't know what that would have involved I'd be fascinated to hear more about that but um yeah it sounds like an amazing a journey you've made to get to this point so how how does that look for the people you work with because you said that first experience were the the twins that had been lost in in the mm-hmm. late pregnancy mm-hmm. um is that does that tend to be the experience or is it is it babies that are yet to come in as well it's both it's both and and to be clear um i in the in the states we have you know legal you know uh, boundaries and so mm-hmm. i can't do this kind of work with psychotherapy clients mm-hmm. um but i can do i can do it obviously outside of the psychotherapeutic realm. So, um, I, folks who come to see me are of, of all kinds of, (laughs) they just, oh gosh, how many stories can I tell? Um, I don't divulge folks personal information, but, um, I do have general, um, you know, sort of narratives or illustrations around who comes Mm -hmm. to me, folks who have lost, um, babies who've, who've, you know, or children who have lived for a bit and then passed on, folks who have had multiple miscarriages, folks who have been trying to conceive and just haven't been successful. Um, I had a gentleman uh, come to me recently whose um, ex um, he thought was pregnant and didn't know if that soul was tied to him. You know, so there's all kinds of folks who are curious and want to know about um, spirit baby realm. It's, Mm. it's so eye-opening to me as a psychotherapist, you know, very clinically trained, like evidence-based, right. Like very science-minded. Um, it's so fascinating to me. And even I, after sessions still go, did that happen? Like, Mm. is that real? (laughs) Um, and I get emails back from folks who've had sessions with me that they're like, you know, that thing that didn't make sense in the session, I, it just wasn't connecting for me. Now I know, oh my God, now it makes sense. You know, they, they've, you know, figure it out after a session. Those are my favorite. I had um, somebody recently had a second session with me. The first session um, I said, you know, the baby is talking about this, this radio flyer wagon, it's red and it's got some black writing on it. And I don't know, he's very insistent about this. And they're like, I have no idea what, what you're talking about. <laughs> and then the second session, she was like, uh, yeah, I want to tell you about that radio flyer. My mom had actually bought the baby a radio flyer with his name on it. I'm like, ah, written oh in black. Goodness. I'm like, no. ah, okay. <laughs> now, now this makes sense. Okay. Wow. Um, so it's very specific like that very specific. And there are some folks who expect these generalizations and things. No, it can be extremely specific. Um, one, one person, um, I said, you know, there's, she, the baby is showing me a, a bird that just keeps following you around like a single bird. That's just right there staring at you. And she said, Oh my God, <laughs> she said that happens every day when I come home from work. There's mm-hmm. when I drive up to the driveway, there's that bird just standing there staring at me. And uh, 
it's it's very specific amazing now i'm i'm imagining myself in the the shoes of the people you're working with now and how that feels to them um yeah tell me a bit about what the experience is like for them and what makes them kind of feel yeah. drawn to it in the first place when when do they seek this out yeah i think um there's a there's a variety of folks who are drawn to this um probably the most prominent are folks that are already quite spiritually minded they're just open to this work um they've always been curious about it they're open to it they've had family experiences of this or it's just been a regular conversation in their lives other folks are like me where it's i'm just desperate i'm desperate to to know i don't know what's going on i've tried everything else i need to know maybe this is the thing i don't know um so it's a variety of of folks. I think probably the biggest shifts um, when people come to see me are for those who have had losses, um, because probably the largest um, self talk that folks have when they have a miscarriage or even abortion is that I did something wrong, I made a mistake, I made a poor choice, mm -hmm. I am you know I feel so much guilt, and. Um, spirit babies just don't react that way. Maybe once in a while. I mean, it's so rare. I did talk to the person that I trained with um, and she's had some babies have some um, intense, rather intense feelings about it, but I have not yet. Um, not that it's impossible, but most of the messages that come through, I mean, 99% of the time, it's like, no, this is perfect. This is exactly how it needed to be. Um, you did nothing wrong. Here's why, here's why this had to happen. And I think that that is probably the biggest, um, I, I hesitate to say healing because I, you know, it's not a, a healing modality, but it's so, it creates so much change for yeah. for folks within. Well, it sounds like it's completing the circle there because it is the question, isn't it? When someone loses a baby at whatever stage that's at there there is that question why did this happen and did I yes. do anything wrong and and if only I could go back and change certain things that they presume is what they did wrong and exactly. it doesn't matter how much their doctor says to them or anyone else you know this just happened it's just one of those things um it's really hard to believe that but I can imagine hearing that really really intense message you know my goodness you couldn't get more direct could you so right. um yeah that could be just create so much peace I can imagine just completion that's it yes it creates some peace mm. finally which of course we know from a physical perspective improves the the status of the body so much mm -hmm. right just it improves fertility directly um brings back parasympathetic nervous system um settles the 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 body and improves um you know, the, the workings of the fertility system, right? Like, yeah, yeah. um, so yeah, that's yeah. just on a physical yeah. level, but certainly yeah. the spiritual piece is huge for folks. And we can't separate the two, can we? The spiritual, nope. the emotional, the physical, you know, they are all interlinked. I don't. Yeah, exactly. You know, I think we're, the world is gradually, you know, opening up to that, that knowledge, but, um, but yeah, so too. It's, it's clear. Yeah. And, and we, we forget that fertility also is on the physical side. It's just a part of health. It's just a part of a body functioning healthily. 
So right. we, we already recognize, you know, that stress and, and whatever impacts on digestion and all other parts of our body, but why not right. infertility? You know, it just why not? my mind that people would think there's not a link. So, right. so yeah, I can imagine how, how useful and supportive and, and calming that is. Mm-hmm. Is there any caution to be had around here though? I mean, you mentioned there that people mm-hmm. can feel quite desperate and looking for answers and looking for, um, yes something you know um, yes is there any caution that people need to be aware of when they're they're connected right way? that's an excellent question first um he, what i recommend when folks look at work like this is to be a healthy skeptic now what does that mean i have a whole podcast episode on that <laughs> get it to me being a healthy skeptic is the curiosity um a skeptic skeptic to me is one who like crosses their arms like you're going to need to prove this to me and on the complete opposite is i believe everything that you tell me so i ask folks to come in with a healthy skeptic attitude and that means being open to what's being said but do not buy everything that is being said if any uh, psychic or psychic medium says they are a hundred percent accurate run away screaming (laughs) that's, that can't be true. Um, I have not found that to be true. Um, but come in with an openness, come in with some, an an open hearted state. Um, but without needing to grasp onto or, or buy everything that somebody is saying. Um, and so that means really, and this is very hard in the fertility world. This means really trusting yourself it's very difficult to do so after you've been through everything through trauma after trauma after trauma in the fertility world. It's really hard to trust that your body is sending you the right signals, um, that your intuition is on point. Um, and so I help guide through that when we are in a session. Um, I make sure that that's in the forefront. And uh, we talk about tapping into what, how that feels, what, what does that feel like to you to hear that right now? Um, because it's important. I want to empower folks. Um, also the other thing is that I, when folks do a spirit baby session, I think that it is important to recognize that you don't have to have, you know, training or you don't even have to have psychic mediums in your family or, you know, coded in your DNA. I don't believe that. I actually believe that we all have this ability that we are all, intuitive beings. Some folks just like, you know, if I were to sit down at a piano versus somebody else, they would be a far better player than I would. Um, But I could plunk out a few tunes, right? Like we all have different levels, but I feel it's important for folks to learn to begin to tap into their own intuition. And so I like to leave folks with their a way that they can connect on their own without somebody else. It's a way to flex and work that muscle to really trust what you're getting is accurate. I love that. So, yeah. yeah. When you when you first mentioned about the training that you take part in, you know, after your own experience, mm-hmm. uh, the question that was at the back of my mind was, does everyone need to have an experience to have that training, or nope. do people go along and just, you know, they're curious about it and it can then awaken that side? Yes. So amazing. Yes. Yeah. Wow. So quite an experience, and I love that you're you're making that kind of a joint experience with them. You know, you're sharing kind of responsibility for it, you know, as well. It's yeah. Sounds yeah. like a grounded way of, of approaching this. Very. That's a good way to put it. Yes. I, mm. uh, that's, I think it's important. 
right? To to have groundedness and connection to other realms. Yeah. Um, it's a well-balanced way of being. Yeah. yeah, I think for any human interactions, you need that. You know, you mentioned that you want them to feel like, you know, have an open mind and not just be cross-armed and nothing, you know, not, not at all open, but have that openness and that trust, but also that you need to trust yourself, you know. Right. Um, it's funny, it, this is completely unrelated, but it took me back to a training that I did. I used to work for a bank, popular bank in the UK in the sales department very different to what I do now um, but they talked to us about human interaction and how we needed to detect how a customer was because it wasn't okay to make a sale to someone if they were vulnerable in any way for example mm. and and they had this quadrant if you can imagine it with you know four spaces and and one side said I'm okay I'm not okay and they're okay and they're not okay and it was all about the kind of power that can exist in that interaction and it just mm. reminded me of it there because, you know, if, if we're feeling confident in what we're doing and they're just kind of, you know, ad adoring us and, <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know, right, and they're right. not feeling okay about themselves, but they're kind of projecting it onto us and expecting right. us to have the solutions. Right. And that's not, that's not a healthy place to start from. Correct. Um, they need to feel, you know, that they have that discernment within them, don't they? And trust themselves as well that's, as being open to trusting you. So that is right. Yeah, yes. Yeah. That is my ultimate goal is to empower folks yeah right so yeah that always that training always reminds me and it reminds me that banks can be ethical <laughs> i know i'm actually quite bad stuff don't be warmed by that yeah <laughs> it was a long time ago but yeah it, it always stayed with me because it was about the human experience and so much of that is missing in life and i think it's, yes. it's really important that we we acknowledge that and respect each other so wow right. this we could carry on talking forever could. <laughs> yes yes <laughs> there is so much to cover here but uh, I really loved hearing about your story so thank you so much for sharing that at the beginning and and Absolutely. a taster into what your work involves now it's it's really beautiful what I would love to do is to give our listeners ways that they can get in touch with you and find out more about your work so what is the best way to do that Absolutely. Um, probably the best way is on my website, drmariarothenberger.com. And if you're interested in spirit baby stuff, you just scroll down a bit and there's a free gift there, how to start connecting on your own right now. Um, just scroll down right there on the first page of my website. Yeah. Brilliant. And you mentioned your book as well. Was that Transcending Infertility? Yes. Yes. Fantastic. Thank you. Yeah. Transcendinginfertilitybook.com. Um, and you can find that on Amazon. And um, probably another one would be my podcast, which is the Miracles Happen Fertility podcast. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. We'll make sure we put all of the links on the show notes on our main Thanks, page. Sarah. And hope that everyone can, can get in touch with you easily. Oh, thank you so much for joining me, Maria. It's an absolute pleasure to, to finally swap sides, but still just I have know, an amazing so conversation. <laughs> yes, let's do it again. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thanks, Sarah. I'm so pleased you're listening to the Fertile Mindset podcast and now I would love to invite you to join us in the Fertile Mindset Sanctuary. 
The Sanctuary is my fertility support membership which is focused on taking care of you and helping you enjoy your life while you wait for your baby. In the sanctuary, I'll guide you through using an amazing technique called EFT or tapping, and you'll soon be feeling less stressed and more joyful. If you're not already in the sanctuary, do come and join us today because the best time to start receiving support on your fertility journey is always right now. Honestly, it makes such a difference to have good quality emotional support and techniques that you can pick up and use yourself whenever you need them. Go to fertilemindset.com slash sanctuary to join us today. I look forward to hopefully seeing you there and at the next episode of the Fertile Mindset Podcast.